Psalm 13:6. I will sing to the Lord, because He has dealt bountifully with me. Gentle and lowly, the heart of Christ for sinners and sufferers, Chapter Ten. The beauty of the heart of Christ. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Matthew chapter ten verse thirty-seven. In the summer of seventeen forty, Jonathan Edwards preached a sermon exclusively to the children in his congregation. Those from age. On through fourteen, picture the great theologian preparing in his study there in North Northampton, North, North Massachusetts, considering what to say to the six and eight and ten year olds in his church. The sermon says he prepared it covered twelve small pages with his fine. Flowerly, handwritten script. The top of the first page simply read, "To the children, August seventeen forties." What would you expect the greatest theologian in American history to say to the kids in his congregation? Here was Edwards' main point: children ought to love the Lord Jesus Christ above all things in the world. He talked as he talked as his text Matthew chapter ten verse thirty seven, which is which in his King James version read, "He that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me." It was a short sermon. Taking perhaps fifteen or twenty minutes to preach, in it Edwards lists six reasons that children should love Jesus more than anything else in life. The first is there is no love so great and so wonderful as that which is in the heart of Christ. He is one that delights in mercy. He is ready to pity those that. Are in suffering and sorrowful circumstances, one that delights in the happiness of his creatures, the love and grace that Christ has manifested, does as much exceed all that which is in this world as the sun is bigger, brighter than a candle. Parents are often full of kindness towards their children. But that is no kindness like Jesus Christ. The first thing out of Jonathan Edwards' mouth, in exhorting the kids in his church to love Jesus more than everything else this world can offer, is the heart of Christ. And in this sermon and throughout his writings, more broadly. Edwards takes us in a different direction than Goodwin and other theologians have tended to go. When Edwards talks about Christ's heart, he often emphasizes the beauty or loneliness of his gracious heart, and that's worth a chapter. 
Look again at what Edward says. There is no love so great and so wonderful as that which is in the heart of Christ. Human beings are created with a beauty poor toward beauty. We are arrested by it. Edward understood this deeply and saw that this magnetic. Um, Jujing, how to read it? Magnetic. Magnetic. Part word beauty also occurs in spiritual things. In fact, Edward would say that it is spiritual beauty of which every other beauty is a shadow or echo. Throughout his ministry, Edward sought to woo people with the beauty of Christ. And that is all he is doing with the kids in his church in August of 1740. Later, in this sermon, he remarks, Everything that is lovely in God is in Christ, and everything that is or can be lovely in any man is in him. For he is man as well as God, and he is the holiest, meekest, most humble, and every way the most excellent man that ever was. Any possible loneliness is in Jesus, because he is the holiest, meekest, most humble, and every way the most excellent man that ever was. This language of Christ's meekness and humility are the very way Christ himself describes his own heart in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. In other words, it is Christ's gentle heart that adorns him with beauty. Or put the other way, what most deeply attracts us to Christ is his gentle, tender, humble heart. In our church today, we often refer to the glory of God and the glory of Christ. But what he has said about God's glory that draws us in and causes us to conquer our sins and makes us radiant. How to read it? Radiant. Radiant. Radiant people. That the sheer size of God, a consideration of the immensity of the universe and thus of the Creator, a sense of God's transcendent greatness that pulls us towards Him. Now, Edwards would say, it is the loneliness of his heart. It is, he says, a sight of the divine beauty of Christ that bows the wills and draws the hearts of men, a sight of the greatness of God in his attributes may overwhelm men. But seeing God's greatness is not our deepest need, but seeing his goodness, seeing only his greatness, the enemy or the enmity and the opposition of the heart may remain in its full strength and the will remain inflexible, whereas one glimpse of the moral and the spiritual glory of God and the supreme amiable, how to read it? 
amiableness. What is amiableness? Kind of friendliness, like get along. Okay, amiableness of Jesus Christ shining into the heart, overcomes and、uh, abolishes this opposition, and inclines the soul to Christ, as it were, by an omnipotent power. How to read it? Omnipotent. Omnipotent. Omnipotent power. We are drawn to God by the beauty of the heart of Jesus. When sinners and servers come to Christ, Edwards says in another sermon, the person that they find is exceeding excellent and lovely, for they come to one who is not only. Of excellent majesty and of perfect purity and brightness, but also one in whom this majesty is conjoined with the sweetness grace, one that clothes himself with mildness and meekness and love. Jesus is exceeding ready to receive them, given their sinfulness. They are shocked to find that their sins cause him to be all the more ready to plunge them into his heart. They unexpectedly find him with open arms to embrace them, ready forever to forget all their sins as though they had never been. In other words, when we come to Christ, we are startled. Startled. By the beauty of his welcoming heart, the surprise is itself what draws us in. Joseph, do you have book with you? Yes, actually, I'm reading on the web page. Okay, would you like to keep reading till the end of this chapter? Uh, yes. Well, uh, where where did you stop? I'm sorry. Um. Page ninety eight. Yeah. Have we considered? Uh, have we considered the loveliness of the card of Christ? Okay, great. I can continue、mm -hmm. until where? Till the end of this chapter. Okay, sure. Perhaps beauty is not a category that comes naturally to mind when we think about Christ. Maybe we think of God and Christ. Let's turn the page in terms of truth, not beauty. But the whole reason we care about sound doctrine is for the sake of preserving God's beauty. Just as the whole reason we care about effective focal lenses on camera is to capture with precision the beauty we photograph. Let Jesus draw you in through the loveliness of His heart. This is a heart that upbraids the impenitent with all the harshness that is appropriate, yet embraces the penitent with more openness than we are able to feel. It is a heart. That walks us into the bright meadow of the felt love of God. It is a heart that draw that drew the despised and the forsaken to His feet 
in self-abandoning hope, it is a heart of perfect balance and proportion, never overreacting, never excusing, never lashing out. It is a heart that throbs with desire for the destitute. It is a heart that floods the suffering with the deep solace of shared solidarity in their suffering. It is a heart that is gentle and lowly. So let the heart of Jesus be something that is not only gentle toward you, but lovely to you. If I may put it this way, Romans, the heart of Jesus. All I mean is ponder him through his heart. Allow yourself to be allured. Why not building to your life unhurried quiet, where among other disciplines, you consider the radiance of who he actually is, what animates him, what his deepest delight is, why not give your soul room to be re-enchanted with Christ time again? When you look at the glorious old saints in your church, how do you think they got there? Sound doctrine? Yes. Resolute obedience? Without a doubt. Suffering without becoming cynical? For sure. But maybe another reason, maybe the deepest reason, is that they have, over time, been won over in these deepest affections to a gentle savior. Perhaps they have simply tasted, over many years, the surprise of a Christ for whom their, their very sin draw him in rather than draw him in rather than push him away. Maybe they have not only known that Jesus loved them, but felt it. We can't close this chapter without thinking about the children in our lives. Jonathan Edwards told the kids his, he knew there is no love so great and so wonderful as that which is in the heart of Christ. How might we, in our own way and time, do the same? What is it that the children whom we greet in the hallways of our church need most deeply? Yes, they need friends and encouragement and academic support and good square meals. But might it be that the, tr the truest need, the thing that will sustain and oxygenate them when all these other vital needs go unmet, is a sense of the attractiveness of who Jesus is for them, how he actually feel, feels about them. With our own kids, if we are parents, what's our job? That question could be answered with a hundred valid responses. But at the center, our job is to show our kids that even our best love is a shadow of a greater love. To put a sharper edge on it, to make the tender heart of Christ irresistible and unforgettable. Our goal is that our kid would leave the house at 18 and be unable to live the rest of their lives, believing that their sins and sufferings repel, G, uh, repel Christ. 
This is perhaps the greatest gift my own dads have given me. He taught my siblings and me sound doctrine as we were growing up. To be sure, which is itself a sore neglect across evangelical family life today. But there is something he has shown me that runs even deeper than truth about God, and that is the heart of God proven in Christ, the friend of sinners. That made me. The heart beaut made the heart beautiful to me. He didn't crowbar me into that. He drew me in. We too have the privilege of finding creative ways of drawing in the drawing in the kids all around us to the heart of Jesus. His desire to draw near to sinners and sufferers is not only doctrinally true but aesthetically attractive. Thank you, Joseph. Wow, it's a great reading today. Um, so today it's、uh, the beauty of the heart of Christ. Um, is there anything stand out to both you and children for today's reading? I guess his emphasis on. Children and how children are affected by the heart of Christ. It's important to draw children into the loveliness of Christ and make Christ's heart and love the greatest thing that children should focus on.、Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. How about you? Anything stand out to you? Uh, I don't. <laughs> since this is already chapter ten, I I didn't read the uh pre previous chapters. Uh, but from what I read, uh, I believe uh the author has not only um. Sound doctrine teaching in his life, but also felt、uh, Christ has a grown a deep relationship with Jesus, and he wants to pass down this、um, heritage of the、uh, the like firsthand evidence to his children. I would say this. This I hope. I think he hopes to pass it along to his children.、Um, Uh, I I would say this is a goodwill, of course, and、uh, enjoying the children near to Christ and、uh, knowing how good the、uh, the Jesus is 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 a lifetime journey.、Uh, I would say it is not probably that easy to just teach them how good Christ is, but maybe through a lot of. Trials and errors,、uh, through through the growing pain, the 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 growth pains,、uh, how to say? So it, it's experience, and it's it's something that、um, when the child experience in their own life, especially during the difficulties, and that will、uh, maybe a, a deeper understanding of how good Christ is.
Yeah, I do agree. Um, um, our relationship gets str- gets stronger when or you after we know Jesus who He is. After we experience a lot of up and downs with Christ, and uh, um, since uh, we. Those up and the downs reveals who we are and who how sinful we are. Uh, on the opposite way, it reflects like it it reveals how great God is and how beauty His heart is, and how much mercy and gentleness He has towards us. Right. Hmm. Hey, I like um, when the author talk about the parents' love versus the, the Christ love. Um, yeah. um, like the par- parents' love could be very sacrificial already, and uh, they, like, at least for my parents, I think, and for most the parents, they would like to provide the best things to their kids, and they provide all their love and care. But sometimes they. Um. Even our parents, they are sinful person. They have sins. They are sufferers. So they might not know what's the best way or what's the right way to love their kids. Right. Uh, however, compared with our um earthly parents, our heavenly Father, He knows what's the best to way to love us, and uh, everything from Him is good. We should not have any doubt about it. So I like this comparison and God's love and the love from Jesus Christ is uh, um way much more than the love from our parents. Help us to help my help me to like image how much love he has to towards us. Um, and uh, um, in chapter uh, in page ninety seven, it talks about about throughout his uh, ministry, Edward saw to woo people with the beauty of Christ. Um, so yeah, I I just uh curious like, have you guys ever see someone, um, to. Woo people from with the beauty of Christ, and how does it look like? Is that a challenging question? Yeah, it's a challenging question. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's better for us to show Christ. Love through us, uh, our testimony. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to demonstrate Christ Jesus uh, by just telling the doctrine. And many times, I found is to live out uh, our our deeds and our good works that show the non non Christians how good Christ is to us through how we behave. 
through how we show uh, our love to other other people, and then through our um, uh, preaching the you know the gospel uh, through our good deeds. I mean, people are um, are easy to believe you than uh, somebody like Christ Jesus that they don't know at the beginning, but uh, eventually. Uh, that we will tell them that it's not that we are good people, but it's because Christ lives in us, and He draw us close to Him, and we have tasted His love and His kindness, and we want to share this love and kind to the people, and then eventually let them know that、uh, it's not like we are good people; we have a higher moral standard than others, but we are also saved by Christ. We are sinners. And we want to share our love and kindness to show how, like, to for them to taste how good Christ Jesus is. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, Joseph. I do agree with you. Um. Like. Uh. It's a kind of challenging to woo people just by the words, because uh, uh, it's dry. And、uh, the way、uh, we could woo people with the beauty of Christ is、uh, to、uh, live out our life as Christ, and、uh, have where、uh, the character of Christ live within us, and we are able to demonstrate who、uh, how Christ look like through those characters. And in page ninety seven, it talks about the gentleness, the tenderness, the humble heart. Um, and I guess it's of、uh, the most beauty. Um, most beautiful characters of、uh, Christ, to some extent. Hmm. Just curious,、uh, do you guys think gentleness? Gentle, tender, humble heart is attractive to you. When you see people have those、uh, characters or has this type of heart, do you think it's attractive? Yeah, definitely. Oh really? I I I was I was say it's a virtue、uh, rather than attractive in this contemporary society. I found the the word attractive. Is somebody who is shiny on the stage <laughs> instead of like humbly working, and nobody knows、uh, what I mean. Like Christ Jesus, this kind of a serv- servant king is a rare example in the contemporary world. Hmm. Yeah. But you know what? When I see those people who are. Sh- Had who who have Christ live within them, they are they have gentle, tender, humble heart. They are shining to me, and I can tell they are different. Um, in a group of people, they are very different. Um,、uh, even more,、uh, regardless, they are on the stage or not, they are shining. Uh, like the light in the darkness, like the lamp in the um in the night. So, I I it's a very it's very true. Uh and uh, yeah, just uh, like years ago, I saw someone um randomly, and we talked to each other, and I ask,、uh, "Are you a Christian?" And he say yes. 
So you know, because I can tell these characters, I can tell um, his uh, eyes are both gentle, tender, and uh, humble, um, humbleness within his eyes. So yeah, and and I think yeah, this this it is attractive to me for sure because I can tell a person is a question just by talking with him or observe it. No. Hmm. So I hope I will be like this too. Like people just by talking with me, they can see I'm shining. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You are. You are both uh, very devoted Christian sisters. Uh, great example. I. I'm. I'm not. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not to this level yet. Uh, I'm learning to become more humble, more gentle, and uh, sometimes I have uh, I have a struggle as I just shared, like because the standard of the society is on the opposite of the Christian standard. Mm. So when I go to the workplace or other place, I found the way that my coworkers they want to. For example, they want to be shining, and then they don't even. For example, they don't even want to wait for others to finish their work, uh, their their talk. They're just uh, trying to uh, talk as much as they can in front of the manager or leaders uh, to show off how they, you know, how they are valuable to the company or how they are accomplished. And then this is a way of the society. And uh, they have also greater justification for this way. They say you want to be an ambitious as you want. If you want to climb the ladder in this, you know, uh, career, you have to be uh, self-asserting, confident, and uh, even outrageous, or, or showing people how how shiny you are. <laughs> it, I think this is part of the American culture. Not the biblical uh, culture, but uh, American culture. I, as I have been living in this country many years, the more I longer live, the more I feel like the American culture is is not in God's heart. I mean, they are they are going to another extreme that trying to accept, uh, trying to showing their own glamorous rather than being humble in, um, in, especially in the workplace what, what do you think Jujin <laughs> what do you think about American culture uh, about what Joseph just shared mm-hmm. yeah I mean I haven't been in the workforce for very long so I'm not really sure um, but definitely, Americans tend to be more extroverted and more um, about kind of showing off your abilities and your kind of, um, yeah. So definitely what Joseph says does make sense, I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I heard is first like uh, Joseph talk about uh, 
Pooja and I are devoted, but uh, I would like to say <laughs> from the Bible verse, two person is better than one because we share the burden and we build each other's up. Um, I would not um, be who I am without the friends with uh, like children and other sisters in my life. Um, I I'm strengthened by those friendship in Christ. So I would say uh, the best way for our, for me at least uh, to grow in Christ is to have the community and uh, to have a friend like children and uh, like even you Joseph and uh, Andrew um, in the stage to um, encourage each other and uh, um, build up each other's life. So we everyone in my life makes who I am. Um, so I believe it will happen to you, Joseph, as well. Mm, God brings people in your life to build you up. Um, on the other hand, like um, back to Joseph's question, the reason why I asked uh, the question initially is uh, very uh, interesting because be before I really be um, became a Christian or transformed by the Bible, I thought those arrogant people are so attractive and uh, those who show up on the stage, those, those who have power are so attractive and uh, I would like to be one of them to be very prideful person. I think prideful person is attractive and uh, after years of uh, transforming process refined by Christ, I started to uh, understand a little by little what is uh, the real power, what's the real meekness and attractive, which is uh, we, we know how to be humble, how to, uh, like Joseph say, listen to others and uh, understand others' situation, to have a lowly and humble and gentle tender heart towards others and have empathy uh, towards others. It's um, more powerful, way much more powerful than show, showing of who we are and uh, to take control uh, of uh, the situation. And for those who have gentle and lowly tender heart and have caring heart, they start to be more attractive to me. Um, even in the workplace, um, everyone can tell who's uh, more, um, uh, who who's more wanting to show off themselves or who's more wanting to uh, help others. And I believe, uh, in the long term, those who have the heart to serve others and help others, they will win at the end. So, like. Like we all know, life is marathon, right? It's not spring, so we yeah. we needed to have a, we could have a heart, and have a big picture in our mind, have a, the um to see the things from the lens from God, what's the the ultimate, win we want have in our life, and what's the ultimate rewards we want have in heaven, right? Great share. Thank you, Eva. <laughs> oh, we are encouraging each other. You know, um, I I do agree. It's very challenging to, 
uh, leave out as a qu uh, question in the non-secular uh, world. Um, but you know, like what I say, if we are transformed by God, we have Christ in us, we are shining. Uh, we are different from who, um, the world, the secular world, and we have different goal in our life. So when everyone is chasing behind the, the um the glory on their own, we know we are chasing behind uh, the glory for Christ. So we are serving the Christ through our daily work, regardless other people see it or not. We are faithful in our work because we want to serve God in this way. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah, we didn't need to pray a lot for our work environment. And especially when the time we are around with uh, non-believers, uh, with those uh, um, who lost uh, and still lost in their faith, they don't know God. Because a lot of them, they are really good people and they just don't get don't have chance don't get chance to know who God is and we definitely could be the one to um like um present what what the beauty of Christ to them right mm -hmm. yeah yeah any other thoughts for today's reading? No other thoughts. I just uh, very like some sentence in today's uh, chapter, like nineteen page ninety nine. It says, "Um, it is a heart of perfect balance and uh, proportion, never overreacting, never excusing, never lashing out." It's God's heart. And why not build into your life unhurried quiet, where, among other disciplines, you consider the radiance of who he actually is. So, see, here is who Christ is, who God is. Never overreacting, never excusing, never lashing out. And uh, we could build our life with unhurried quiet, regardless what the world looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, Eugene Joseph, anything you would like to discuss? Uh. I'm still digesting the <laughs> paragraph. It's a lot of uh, deep, uh, I found it very good uh, lights in this paragraph. Uh, thank you for sharing. I don't have much at all at this moment. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you for joining us. It's great to have uh, your thoughts and input to inspire our um, thoughts as well so we could build up each other through uh, we, what we are reading today. Thank you. Backslash. Mm -hmm. sure. Okay, so it's the end of today's discussion.